You're listening to the podcast To Seek and to Save. Thanks for tuning in as we find out how God seeks us in life. And not only that, but how he has secured our salvation. And I, I pray that you continue to be challenged by the way God's word addresses sinners in the Bible, just as the same way that he addresses and seeks our hearts, you know, calling us to know him as he really is, and not just to live in some kind of made-up deity, and also to celebrate the comfort that he provides and he alone can give us in life. So that's the purpose. With me again today is uh, Clint Westerberg. How are you? I'm good. Hello, everybody. Thank you for having me back. <laughs> Clint, are you a lifetimer in Colorado? I am. Yep. Yep. Where the, were you born? 73. That was... Okay. So you were born in 73. Where were you? Oh, uh, where? I was born in Littleton. Swedish. You were born right here? Yep. Yep. I, I've lived in four houses my whole life, um, two or three in the Littleton area, and then uh -huh. seven years ago up to Bailey. So <laughs> nice, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're liking the mountain life now. Oh yeah, yeah. It's much cooler up there. So <laughs> do you know we had a report of a mountain lion in the Wadsworth coal mine area? I believe it. There's, I believe it. There's mountain lions, apparently. Uh, our so. next door app, we're getting bear reports daily, multiple bears. Oh, really? And I chased one off that was chewing on my archery target just a couple weeks ago. So. <laughs> yeah, you did. We need video footage of these things, you know, which yeah. you did offend them off. Uh, that's great. Well, I'm thankful to have this time with you and... Oh yeah, I I love doing it, and I appreciate all those that are listening and being forgiving. Because sometimes I I go off, hesitate, and but <laughs> it's it's, great. it's amazing to learn, and it's amazing to see God's love throughout creation and mm -hmm. how He's always been there for us and mm -hmm. always will be. So. Yeah. You can't say that enough because we are learners and students of Scripture, and these stories challenge us as they do anybody else, but it's kind of getting into the details that's the joyride of of finding out where God, you know, what topics God's Word brings up and where God takes us through them, and I think that's where you see how real Scripture is in every facet of it, both in, in addressing aspects of our weakness and sinfulness and in addressing aspects of our salvation. He, he seeks and saves, and um, you really are not alone. You have a God that wants to talk to you desperately, and and he's He's given words to do that. So, Oh, yeah. It, uh, so, so huge in my life that I just pray every time we start one of these podcasts that it can open up to other people and know the salvation and yeah the change of heart that we all struggle with <laughs> uh -huh. yeah absolutely yeah Let, we'll have this disclaimer we have usually where um uh, want you to know that we're just sitting here with bibles open but not necessarily notes so the things and the thoughts and the views that we express are not necessarily reflecting uh the beliefs of living savior lutheran church but 
we will nevertheless will ruminate, meditate on Scripture with you. And uh, we're going to look at 2 Kings 4, picking up at verse 8 today. Excellent. So, I don't know, have you ever lived in Shunem? I've not, I haven't even visited Shunem. <laughs> <laughs> so, I've never been to Shunem. Shunem is this small town, um, and, and you gotta do this with me, okay? This is like, um, this is like geography on the back of your hand, okay? okay? <laughs> so if you hold up, if you hold up your hand and you like palm out at my direction, you stick your thumb maybe straight out to the side, then you've got a little bit of the, if we were to look north, south, east, west, from the perspective of Israel. And Egypt is down with its Nile Delta area, down at where your thumb branches off, you know, because the Mediterranean Sea curves and goes northward. And the Israelites got to live where your index finger is, you know, they're close to the coast. The Philistines had a lot of that coastal territory coming up out of Egypt where you begin your index finger knuckle and all that kind of stuff, right? But looking at your hand, that's kind of what what you have. Now, I don't know about you, Clint, but when I have my index finger and middle finger pointing up, and let's say I put my ring finger and my pinky finger down, like you're going to bless somebody with three fingers or something. Um, if you put your knuckles together, you kind of, I have a gap in between my, second and middle fingers a little airspace you can see in there do you see that i don't but you don't show I've me the back my of your fingers hand. enough times that they're oh yeah, swollen. yeah. okay <laughs> well it's kind of like in between the the base of your fingers and your first knuckle in between that index and middle finger um that bottom area would kind of be where the dead sea is okay you know, and then yep. through your knuckles would be the Jordan River, and then in the next gap of, of your knuckles on that line, you could say is the Sea of Galilee. Okay. And you've got straight across from the Sea of Galilee, out on the coast, is Mount Carmel. Okay. We should go there someday. Yeah. And in between Mount Carmel and a capital city like Samaria, Samaria would be in your index finger, um, in the, kind of in your second your second joint from your, you get your fingertip as the first joint and you get your second bone there. Um, and that's where Samaria is. Mount Carmel's off your first knuckle, okay. closer to your fingertip, but it's on the coast, right? Okay. Anyway, so you've got these like cities, these areas, and Elisha is, does traffic through these areas and Shunem is in between. Oh, wow. So he passes through Samaria, this capital of Israel to the north. Jerusalem is the capital of Judah further south. That's kind of like underneath your your last knuckle of your finger. Yeah. Um, there's this travel route between Samaria and Mount Carmel on the coast. Shunem is sitting in there. Sitting right so there. that's what we have in this story. <laughs> this okay. is all backhanded <laughs> geography because we have a we have this lady who lives in Shunem. She's she's a married woman. In verse eight, um, we learn that she's well to do. And when he went to Shunem, she wanted him to stay for a meal. And then it became a pattern. Yeah. And whenever he stopped, 
on his regular traffic between Mount Carmel and Samaria. You kind of visit the School of the Prophets in the Mount Carmel area, yeah. and you can go back to Samaria and deal with big city stuff. Um, and he stopped with her to eat, right? Yeah. She good cook. <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe, yeah, maybe a good host, a good hostess, right there. Yeah. What else do we learn about her that fascinates you? Um, her faith. She is super strong in her faith. Um, and how do we know? Well, we, as he continually stops by. Well, to begin with, mm-hmm. she wanted to. Uh, to offer a meal to him. Mm-hmm. So she immediately brings him into her house and they sit down and share a meal. And then that leads to her approaching her husband and saying, hey, let's let's make an apartment for him. A little room upstairs where he would have a bed and a desk and, you know, somewhere where uh, another place for him to lay his head down. So mm-hmm. she just... Uh, immediately without what I find the reason why I say it's faith and faith in God is because she wasn't looking to get anything out of this. She was just opening up her house for a man of God to come and stay and just be there. She appreciated it. She respected who he was, what he did on God's behalf. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah, I I find it beautiful the the outcry of just love that she showed him mm-hmm. immediately without mm-hmm. purely on faith. Yeah. I think often on the along the same lines. Um and I'm a new pastor here to Littleton, came from Milwaukee about 6 months ago, right? Yeah. And Yet there's a congregation that has been warm and friendly uh, that pays a salary and supports housing. And you get to see all these people show something. It's not just for me as a person, but it's the fact that they want the gospel ministry here. Yeah. They want, uh, when we say gospel ministry, it's they, they want their kids and themselves and their neighbors and their friends to hear the good news uh, that we have in Jesus. And that already is this, um, it's that seeking aspect. This is a testimony to her spouse. This is a testimony to her city. And remember last time we talked about how pagan the backdrop is. All the Israelite kings, one after another, did not set their hearts after the Lord and, and didn't care. In fact, often were the ones, very ones who introduced false worship, idol worship. Oh, yeah. You know, and here she is as this. It is a little, what do we hear in the New Testament? You shine like stars in the universe of the sky, right? Yeah. This black canvas up over our heads at night is littered with these tiny bright lights. And here she is. We have found a bright light in a dark place. And she's just living her faith, appreciating the word of God and the one who serves the word of God. Yeah. And built a, built a place where he could stay with his own bed and lamp. Yeah. And it... I think that's so important to remember about this, and especially this part of the Bible, is this wasn't the shining times for the Israelites. This was Uh after Solomon. They just 
continually went downhill. They were spiraling down, and yeah, like you said, the bright light and the black canvas of the night sky, and mm-hmm. we we're reading and learning about her faith and her love. So. Yeah, and it's not just a place for Elisha to rest his head. It's a separate room. It's a enclosed. Um, facility right yeah this is this got walls on it up on top of the roof he has a private place to go and yep. be and then not only that but the table chair and lamp says you've got stuff to read yeah you've got books and scripture to be in yeah and meditating on the word and this congregation uh, where are we doing this podcast we're doing it in an office that's got a door i can close and um it's got shelves and bookshelves I didn't have to buy, uh, so I can store. It's got lighting provided. I mean, you see these parallels that we probably should make. Absolutely. You know, she cares about the work. Yeah. I, I just think it's phenomenal. I, I love testimony. that. It's got an office. <laughs> yeah. And I love thinking about that because we are continuing doing God's work, and that's where we called on you to lead us and Mm-hmm. in our teachings and how cool is that to yeah i think sometimes we forget about our own selves when we dive into the bible and yeah. the bible is about us too what's well, it's, it's um, our story it's if you can open the door on the investment of our hearts yeah and just let people hear that i would not be in this room or in this city if it weren't for a bundle of believers pooling their resources together and supporting this nonprofit themselves. Yep. I wouldn't be here. Yeah. Uh, this ministry would have died. Wow. You know. That's and it's <laughs> and and I wouldn't be here if there wasn't a, a national church body like we have that piled a bunch of resources into training called workers and training them in the word of God and eight years with Greek and and six years with Hebrew before you set foot in a pulpit or a congregation as their pastor. And those are the things that it's nice to communicate that says, this is what's going on in this world. Yeah. Um, That we are, we are getting out there. We're getting into it. And she wanted Elisha to have a place where he could grow, where he could be refreshed, you know, where he could continue to do the important work that he's doing. And that's what we are as a congregation. We're still supporting states away, right? Cities away. Um, the training of called workers, teachers, and pastors that are trained in the Word of God. This is what we do. Yeah, That's what we do. We're taking things out of your, you're taking things out of your salary, out of your savings, and you're supporting something that is bigger than any of us. That transcends generations and peoples and races. And I love it. It goes across the world. Yeah, <laughs> and you get to be a part of it. It's... You are a part of world mission. World missions. Yeah. You know, when you break it down like that and open, it's not that I doubt the word of God, but it really shows you that these aren't just stories. This is living, breathing God's word. And we are part of that Mm -hmm. and moving it forward. Yeah. Seeking and seeking. Yeah. It's crazy, but it's not because this is what this whole thing is about, putting God first, and he 
he's in charge of it all as we go through what we go through in our daily lives. Yeah. And as crazy as 2020 has been, it's okay. Yeah. It really is. You want to talk about a direct line that, that seeks you. If you're listening to this right now, it's because we want to tell you about the love of God. Yes. And it's because this ministry has been put in this city. This is a chance to hear God's word and not ours. It, it transcends all of us. And this is your, while you have life and breath and ears to hear, this is your chance to hear that God loves you and he loves you through his son to forgive you your sins so you can go to heaven. And that is the, that is the beauty of putting a podcast together. That is the, it is the fruit and the product of all these other prayers and dollars and cents and time. Um, that's just here. It's yeah. here to serve you. It's here to reach you. Um, so, so neat. <laughs> yeah. and, and, and it's great to be a part of, and people get to be a part of it. it. And someday in eternity, I get to look all the people in the eye that say, your offerings help pay my tuition at the seminary yep. and your gifts. And I can say that to an entire national church body in heaven oh, and yeah. give thanks for that. And the people that we got to reach in mission fields and in communities because um, because of the time and commitment that God gave us. Uh, hmm. That is a gift. It's him. It's his ministry. It's his work. And it I is. Just and thank we're, you for it. We're all just brothers and sisters coming together under one big family and loving on one another mm-hmm. too. It's, uh-huh. You know, I, I I think sometimes we forget that that yeah. we are brothers and sisters. We are a family, mm-hmm. and you know whatever I can do, and I think that that's some of the comfort because doing a podcast, I trust me, I don't think I'm deserving knowledge-wise to be here, but I know that just reading God's Word, it's not me. So that's where I find my comfort mm-hmm. being able to do this podcast is yeah. if we stick with God's Word, it doesn't matter about me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let's see what God is saying. Yeah. Well, in the next part, it's really neat because God wants to bless her. And so through Elisha, you know, there's this idea of blessing this Shunammite woman. Yeah. Um, and so the language is, is says this, and I'm looking at Second uh, Kings chapter 4, um, verse 13. Um, she stands before Elisha, and um, Elisha said to him, to tell Gehazi to talk to talk to her and say, you've gone to all this trouble for us. What can be done for you? Can we speak on your behalf to the king or the commander of the army? You know, so is there is there a person we can reach out to that, you know, can can vouch for you on some issue? And she basically says, I'm actually good on the home front. I've got what I need. I have a home among my own people. I've got a community that supports me and she's grateful for it. Um, what can be done for her, Elisha asked. And Gehazi, his servant, says she has no son and her husband is old. So Elisha says, call her. And then she stands in this doorway. And about this time next year, Elisha says, you will hold a son in your arms. She may have been praying for this, but she didn't ask Elisha. She she just no. supported what he was doing. And she took the gifts where she was at. And I think this is an important point to to make um that she doesn't ask for a son 
she doesn't get in a push and shove match with God. I did this for you. You need to do this for me or, you know, like a give and take mode. Um, she, she's just outpouring her love for the prophet. And it's Elijah who brings this up and says, God wants to bless you in this way and give you a son. And that is dramatically huge for what happens next. Absolutely. Because it was God's initiative to say, I'm going to give you a son about this time next year, calendar year, you're going to have a son in your arms. And she's like, don't give me false hope. You know, you've got to be kidding. Like this is a jaw to the floor response. She says, no way, please don't mislead your servant. Uh, And that's kind of how that conversation ends is she's just beside herself. Yeah. You, You can't be serious. Um, but I believe that, you know, she did have faith. It's just kind of a way of speaking. And she did become pregnant and she gave birth to a son. The child grows and he's out working in the fields with his father and he complains about his head. He gets sick, right? Yep. And um, she, he sat in her lap and he dies. He yep. dies in her lap that, that day. So the son given by God grows up, works in the field once, and and ultimately dies in her lap. Yep. Verse 21 says, She went up and laid him on the bed of the man of God and shut the door and went out. She called her husband and said, Please send me one of the servants and a donkey so I can go to the man of God. And he's like, Why are you going to go? And she's just like, Don't worry about it. I'm just going to go. Um... Yeah, and do you think that was one part going through this? Mm-hmm. It almost seemed like the husband was somewhat calloused. Do you think he knew that his son was sick? Mm-hmm. And now dead. Now dead. It's like I. He was putting work above family, <laughs> mm. <laughs> you know. It, it, it's yeah. I that I go back to her faith, and I see her faith, and how she's not done with this topic. No, and it's not like she gives up. She, all of her trust falls into God's hands because yeah. she knows where all things come from. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean to belittle it by calling it a topic. Her son died, and she wants to go to the man of God about it. Yeah. This is a huge... What I want to point out in the big picture is a huge test of faith. Yeah. That's... Like you said, she's expressed faith. I'm not... We're not quite sure about the husband, but we. this was God's gift that she... In this account that's given to us, she didn't even ask for, and yet was completely floored by, and God still gave it to her. And now it's like the Indian giver, you know? (laughs) Now he's going to, like, take it back. Yeah. And and she's just thrown, completely thrown beside herself. I can't imagine, you know, the things racing through her mind. And her husband doesn't seem to be on that same page. Either she shows a faith that anything is possible. We're going to hear what she does say, but um, the husband feels like your only engagement with a man of God would be around these little festival times and Sabbath rest days or things like that. And maybe she is a, she is a, a good example for people today who are 
looking to have a relationship with God without the support of a spouse. Yeah. Yeah. And some people, you know, are you going to go to church by yourself? Yeah. And, you know, not have that. Or, you know, it, it invites that that idea to say, you know, look, the Shunammite was living and, and practicing her faith, yep. even though her husband wasn't all on board, Yeah, you know, um, with her. Maybe he wanted to keep her interactions to a certain degree. If I, if I don't go to church with my spouse, my spouse doesn't care about God. Am I going to give an offering to that important work we talked about with the church that I, it's, it's a passion of my heart because it's the ministry of God. It's the passion of God really for sinners channeling through me. And is it okay that I give an offering? Oh, I don't want my salary. You know, I don't want our funds, our bank account going. Those are tough conversations. Here she is doing her thing. Yeah. And independent faith. And hopefully in a way that still was a warm testimony, you know, to her spouse, um, where, in a sense, you know, God came first for the sake of their marriage, you know? Yeah. But no, and it's I a good think topic. That, uh, it's a good conversation. It really is good conversation and how we come together as brothers and sisters and support the individual that is willing to make that. You're mm-hmm. going to church by yourself and don't question, but just love on one mm-hmm. another and support Mm -hmm. you know absolutely yeah well she ends up going and she makes a beeline for the man of god at mount carmel um i'll get on the edge of your knuckle (laughs) the edge of the mediterranean (laughs) sea um so he sees her look there's the shunammite go and and meet her and say is everything all right is your husband okay is your child okay and she doesn't want to just talk to the servant she really wants to go all the way to elisha so she kind of passes it off and says everything's fine but she keeps coming and she grabs his feet and this is just it breaks your heart but it's kind of this amazing moment where she's pouring herself out um and and gehazi says you know leave Elisha is saying to Gehazi, you don't have to push her away. Leave her alone. She's in bitter distress, but the Lord has hidden it from me and hasn't told me why. So they have this chance to kind of hear it from her lips. And here she's where she says, did I ask for for a son? I didn't. You, you gave it just, she's struggling with the mystery of having a very determined, decided gift of God into her life. And now the child dies. How? Why would you let that happen? Why would you give and then take, take away? away. In, and that is a struggle, I think, for people. Mm-hmm. Um, it is. This is, to me, some of the real purpose and intent of this story. Yeah. Is to say, we often make idols. Um, I my heart goes out to people who have a child that is that has sudden sudden infant death syndrome, right? Oh yeah. Um, or even a miscarriage. Yeah. It was like you began a life. Never before, because of technology, have we been able to detect, you know, conception and detect pregnancy at such an early stage, oh, you know, yeah. where and you can know that we've conceived in day seven. I don't even know what it is, but yeah. you, you know so quickly in the process. And um, I think otherwise people wouldn't have even known that they had miscarried 
until a given point in the pregnancy. Yeah. So you, you're kind of aware of this earlier on and, you know, this this joy, just like she had, like, don't get my hopes up, uh, the joy of being parents and... Um, yeah, and... And having that taken away. My big point is just to say there are idols in our hearts when we when we sort of demand even if having been given such a hope or such a thrill such a joy um that god would be first and if god decides to take you know and you go through a miscarriage and i've we've been through a miscarriage personally um a lot one in six is kind of the statistic whether whether you have hospitals and medical care or not it's just a very frequent common thing to miscarry and um I think about that with the idolatry. Say, well, that life is yours first, not mine, Lord. Absolutely. And that's true of everything yeah, in our lives. Everything. It really is. Yeah. And and I think that this is a test of her. This is a great testing of her faith to have given that gift and to take it away. Yeah. And and let her press this faith all the way to the throne of God, to the feet of the prophet, to pour out her distress, um, but ultimately to be healed and to heal it, whether she gets her son back or not. Hopefully you heal this in the Lord, you know, saying this is yours to give and it is yours to take away. And I think it's important that we recognize the fact that that's who she did turn to mm-hmm. when holding her son as he... As he passes away, then just she knew where to turn to find the comfort and the answers. Mm-hmm. It's a good reminder for all of us. Yeah. I, and I love that. I encourage people to reach out. Um, this is one of the reasons that the testing of our faith shouldn't be shunned in yeah. our lives. Because you see the greater work. Um, that is eternal work. Yeah. And I say that in the, in this light, like if we go untested and I carry an idol all the way to the, the pearly gates, so to speak, yeah. and I'm sitting there with my first love that isn't God, I'm in a much worse situation than a God who has tested my faith and helped me come through the idolatry to put my trust in him yeah. my love for him my thanks for God and letting God be God and the author of my life and the ender of my life, things like that. This is how God keeps me forever and keeps me from a, a, a terrible sin that would destroy my soul, that destroys my relationship with him, that lands me with this something fake on, yeah. at the last day. Yeah. And if people can see the value of that eternal big picture of God, yeah, and the way he wants to claim us, then I can be thankful for a COVID. You took my job away. Yeah, you took this away. You took my security in material things away. You took my bank account away. You took my retirement away. You took whatever. You took oh, this comfort, that comfort. You know, it's just stripping it all away. But what what is left? What is left? God is still there, and that's a big thing. And for us to come together as brothers and sisters and support each other, mm-hmm. it's it's good to open our eyes to that too. Yeah. And falling back on last week's podcast, how 
it's the perfection lies only in God. We're a gathering of the broken beggars that are here to share the bread with one another and to love on one another. And I just, uh, I really want everybody that's listening to feel that and to have that reassurance that and we fall down our, because we are sinners that it's a good time to remind us of what, you know, look to your brothers and sisters in Christ and let's support each other and love mm-hmm. on each other. So mm-hmm. You're not alone and you're, yep. you be very distressed by uh-huh. all of this. I, you yeah. know, we're all distressed in different ways by what's, what's happening, but you're not alone. And to remind each other about the idols and mm-hmm. there's one God and let's focus on God together mm-hmm. so what does God teach in the the end of this story Elisha, she persists that Elisha must go back with her and he goes back and he lays himself out on the boy and he does this in such a way as, that demonstrates that this isn't just how I want to do it and how and when and when this miracle is going to take place to bring this boy back to life but it's a it is a testimony to this is the power of God and it's when it's when he says yes it's when he gives life which underscores something for the Shunammite woman and for Elisha that I am with you and it you can depend on me and it, it is a hallmark of his present grace and kindness yes you know here he is with his blessing and giving back a life that he had taken away and this child breathes again and is given back to her and it shows a god who's present with us that he tests our faith but he does it so we would grow and she is now a stronger mom having been through this than she is before because she's stronger in her conviction of God's love for her. Yep. And that is where we aim to take each other. That we, in our distress, we would be pulled to the place to say, God loves me. And that those circumstances that strip everything else away press me into the reality, the truth, the conviction, and the reminder that God loves me how important that is so beautiful to hear Mm -hmm. it is so beautiful for all of us to hear and it's not for it's for everybody everybody Mm -hmm. listening god loves you yeah it's a personal thing right god took the time god bothered to test in this way god bothered to press in this way that's why the scripture really celebrates discipline Yes. This is what it's called. It says it's hard. It's not pleasant. Oh, yeah. But it, is it good? Oh, yeah. <laughs> because it does something for your faith. Yep. And I hope we can give discipline its due in our life. And these times of testing where you go through things that are hard. Um, you know, would we pray otherwise? Would we look otherwise? Would we ask these questions otherwise? Would we be bothered by how could God allow this? You know, those are actually good questions. How can God allow this? How does God work with evil and make it serve good? That's not a question to shy away from. God provokes those questions. He seeks us. He wants us to find these answers in these stories, right? And this very story is helping us see 
This is another signpost to say you may lose something you love so much. It's something you didn't even ask for and never saw yourself in this kind of life. You were so happy with it. And then God took it away. Yeah. Now what? Now what are you going to do with it? Now this? what? <laughs> you know, and and that is not a bad place to be. That's in the place of growth. Absolutely. That's, that's God growing you into his child, somebody that loves him and looks to him for every good thing first, rather than relying on the other things around us that are going to fail us in the end. Only wow. God will not fail you. So That's beautiful. That is... It's beautiful for me to hear and see, and that's why I love doing the podcast. Mm -hmm. The learning is always there, and hearing it never gets old. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. Well, it's a long story, everybody, but go back and, and look through it. You know, um, next time we're going to get into Second Kings 5. So, you know, if you want to pre-read it or uh, yep. wait for that podcast to come out, but we'll, we'll deal with Naaman and his leprosy um, next in our next story. Absolutely. It's beautiful. Every bit of it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Let's close with a prayer together. Thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to look at a story like this and to be challenged by the gifts and the trouble that you allow in our life you have a path laid out for us that is for our eternal good we make our plans um, we we have to do that with with calendars and responsibilities we we make our plans but you you bring what you choose to bring to fruition and you let fail what you allow to let fail and we just ask that you would help us see your love in every part of it that you don't intend to hurt us or to harm us though we are often distressed and troubled um, you are teaching us what it means to be our God in our lives and what it means to be our complete and only hope uh, and the Savior from every every trouble so we ask that you continue to be you and that you help us um, not make demands of you, but to trust and to grow in that trust all the days of your, our life, especially as we look to the cross and what at what cost you would go to and what lengths you would go to to love us and save us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.